0: <laughs> i was going to give
1: you a little time but
0: <laughs> welcome to your daily game face i'm dr kim lanon and this is lou blasey and i'm fixing wing dinghies in my hair because you didn't tell me i had these wing dinghies going on they, they're fine i know they're fine so here's my first complaint list start out the morning i was going to say first complaint
1: need... and the list that's a different thing well i have a list yeah there's know.
0: complaints on it i've heard it <laughs> <laughs> You've already told me swords up and it wasn't even between us this morning. No, not us. And not us. So I come in, it's about 12 below zero in this building.
1: It's cool this morning.
0: And I have to say, a loving gesture that you did for me was I walk in and all the doors to the studio are shut. And including in my space where I do this. And I of course I'm freezing. I'm like, Why are the doors shut? And you're like, I was trying to make sure you were warm. So (laughs) I love the because <laughs> you knew I was going to immediately complain about how cold it is in here.
1: Well, I felt it as cold, so uh, I feel it as cold. Oh, it's going to so be very cold really you. for you. No, no, it's no, I knew it was going to hit you hard because
0: so it's you know, freezing in here.
1: I have temperature tolerance and I have no sense of smell. So uh,
0: and then I struggle in these things. So you had the temperature sense, so you took care of me. Thank you, thank you. Namaste, yada, yada. <laughs> And then on top of that, we've got people screaming. Musta yada, yada. Yeah. You <laughs> like that? I mixed the two. And then we got the screamers next door. Yeah. <laughs> that's driving me cuckoo. Yeah.
1: Because
0: I can't hear myself think, which whatever. And then somebody is smoking in the building and you can't smell it. But because I have asthma, it's like they're just puffing on a... On a Marlboro mm. and just blowing it through the <laughs> wall at me, so the whole building up here smells like that. And you said it was gonna be in the bathroom, and the bathroom was the safest place. So, I oh, really? Because I thought should...
1: that's where it starts. But...
0: No, it they're smoking they're right out in the hall,
1: yeah.
0: Is that or they smoked and then it just is lingering under clothes. So, now I will go a...
1: through management because they've been good to me this week. So,
0: so I'll go to Steph after, okay, and yeah. I will say, listen. So that brings me to the fact that twice this week, not only here, but at my own my own private practice workspace, we call her Smoky. So she does, <laughs> I won't identify who she is. I have a lot of non-identified people in yep. my in my current life. Yep. But I am the I'm one of the only people on my floor in my building that uses the ladies' room. And there are other women in the building, but they use the one downstairs. However, smoky. Well, they use the because they're downstairs. Oh, okay. So I have I have a bathroom unto myself, essentially, because I'm the only female upstairs. Oh, okay. o- occasionally, there's another person there, but that's a rare thing, and she's an older person. It doesn't really matter. Gotcha. And she's not in there doing what I'm about to say. So, <laughs> so Smokey, yeah. last week when I went in, she was coming out, and, uh, you know, well, you can't, but yeah. when you know someone has now used perfume to- try to hide the oh, smell. Oh, that's even worse, yeah. You know, it's kind of like using scope to hide that you were drinking alcohol that doesn't work your yeah. makes it worse. Right. She sprayed herself, so she was doused in it. So she walked by me, so she was like a... Oh, there was a quaff of like her smell <laughs> of perfume, then a smoke smell. So she's smoking in the bathroom, not even vaping, like full-on smoking. Yeah. And it's seeping through my wall because oh. it's attached to my my office. And I have a pretty large office.
1: So today's topic is how asthma. we deal with daily aggravations.
0: So no <laughs> swords up. <laughs> so I was just giggling. It's actually humorous because, you know, it's not how my morning started, but it and it was not where I was going with the show today, which is not where I was going with the show today because yeah. I'm actually talking about something different today. But I just, you know, in life in general, it's these daily aggravations that I am laughing about it, but for that hot second, it's like, oh,
1: yeah.
0: God, it's annoying
1: because you know,
0: yep. it, I can't breathe. So, of course, I'm sitting here going, do I go back out in the car and get my inhaler? Do I need my inhaler? Because I'm going to chuck up. I can feel it coming. I'm going to be all chucked up. It's going to be your fault. <laughs> 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 stopped See, from smoking. that's
1: the part I always fear.
0: <laughs> that it's always It your always fault.
1: ends up aimed at me. Well.
0: Um, there was a there's a running joke in, in my friends of my family that because of I, I won't go into it, but, you know, some yeah. history of family that I've given you. Right. So I have I have a an older friend that always quotes what my the intention of a certain family member means when they say to me things. And it's always well it's all your fault. I hope you're happy. <laughs> so I've lived a lot of my yeah. life of, it's all your fault. I hope you're happy. Yep. And being an only child, hmm, it can't always be my fault. I live with other people. Yep. It was amazing when I moved out of my house, how many things weren't actually my fault I know, anymore. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Still there.
0: Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I still didn't there. Don't live there. And those things are still happening. Shocking. What does that mean?
1: Okay. To feel aggravated. Oh, it's yeah. just it's just processing it and well, stepping that's forward. Yeah. That's why
0: I'm talking about it. I'm yeah. self-advocating. Like I practiced last week telling people to self-advocate. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, by the way, lots of people I
1: did that last night. I got in trouble.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, whatever. So thanks, say is I it's good, all your fault. Good, good feedback. See, <laughs> hope you're happy. It's all your fault. Dr. Kim's fault because I told you to self advocate and you yeah. got slapped down. Yeah. Good. would you like to share what happened or should we talk about it after i tried
1: no i tried to enforce my curfew oh
0: yeah
1: and i remembered something it was late at night and i remembered something that was really aggravating that i I still had to take care of and i i made a gesture i didn't even say anything i just went like that because it popped in my head and uh i get asked what i guess i don't want to talk about it and then it that got to be a thing no, what? No, I don't, don't want to talk about it, you know, because I was just trying to set it down and, and keep going. And I think she took it personally. <laughs>
0: so you slept in the shed last night. Is that what you're telling me? Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, so so if we're going to just start the show, at least with the thought of that it's a little bit of, you know, how, that everyone has a daily aggravation. It is how you deal with it. So I am laughing about it because I'm finding it humorous because it's literally one thing after the other. And my morning started that I drove to the gas station because I was on my way here and realized I only had 33 miles left on my tank. So I got to the gas station, filled my tank and then realized I didn't have my phone. You know that I can't function in my workday without my phone because that's how I schedule things. That's how
1: (laughs) I was wondering why I didn't get that. I'm going to be late text. Could
0: i have my phone <laughs> you know swords up baby swords up well, um so with those little daily aggravations now could i have driven here without my phone and then gone back for it yeah but then i would have been even later and then my whole day would yep. have been thrown off yep so there we are we take a deep breath anyway so what i was going to say about last week's show is that lots of really good feedback and people oh, really? are very very much liking that show series that we're now going to call it a <laughs> on series <the> HOA? <laughs> and and as the as the boats turn as and the boats um, turn. Yeah. we have to come up with a better name people have said we got to come up with a different name and people are submitting maybe we should have a vote okay
1: um, yeah great that'd be great
0: you know it would be very good and then um but also the fact that you know the self advocacy piece of like how that's being such an important piece of like people's just daily lives yeah. and so on and so forth and um it brought me to a point where I was helpful and I used the skills that I was trying to teach people last week. I used the skills this week and in uh, in a school situation where um, a child that I know was being bullied, not by kids, but by the administration. Really? Yeah. And so. Um,
1: that never happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Never, never, ever happens. No. And so, um, so part of the beginning of this show is just to sort of talk about that a little bit about the fact that people always think that bullying is really kid to kid. And, you know, and I've talked a lot about how bullying starts at home, someone at home is bullying someone, and Mm -hmm. then someone feels disempowered. So they come into the school and they bully and so on. Well, but adult bullying is gossiping, right? Or adult bullying can be straight up regular bullying like your kid does, and then you, and this these particular people would say that they didn't realize they were doing that oh yeah right you know with the eye roll that i give on that one trained
1: educators
0: trained education on people right that don't know that they're doing it so um so what i can say is i think she can she's singing yeah um what i can say is kind of going on the heels of last week with the self-advocacy piece um, and that is not what this show is about today so i just want to make sure that we're not stuck on that um but I think I see more often than not, and it's been over so many years doing this and also growing up in an educational home where my parents were both in education and in a lot of different respects, is um, it's kind of like going to the doctors. You assume, wrongly, that educators will be on point, kind, right. compassionate, right. Follow, the, follow the guidelines, the codes of ethics, the codes of morality, their school handbook, whatever, right? But they're human beings and they don't. Mm -hmm. And so one of the great parts of my job, and sometimes not so great jobs, parts of my job, is that I I am an advocate for school kids and their IEP, their individual education plan, and their 504, their emotional plans at school. And I do a lot of consulting. Mm -hmm. I get called in on meetings and so on and so forth. And and a lot of times what happens is I find that not only do the educators not know their they don't know their own material but then they put other material that they just assume that they think is right out in the world or they assume a parent because they're just they're just a parent doesn't know enough so they kind of bypass them by bullying them by talking big or threatening and doing other things so what i would say is self-advocacy understanding as parents if if you're one of those hands-on authoritative which is the good kind of parenting parents know your kid's handbook and your rule book it's usually pretty short it's usually about 30 pages i've just read one again Mm -hmm. a new one this past week so i was able to help um, a student in school but knowing that you have um Uh, The the Disability Education Act that is behind you, which used to be the ADA, you know, the American Disabilities Act for it right for school. Then you have the FERPA and then you have the FIPA and then you have all these things that are like the Family Education Plan Act. You have the uh, family education. uh, I can't remember what the R is right now. You have all these things and you also have kids. Kids are allowed due process, which means if they get in trouble for something, they're supposed to be talk to not immediately have a consequence for it. All parties are supposed to be investigated. There's all these processes, but unfortunately because parents don't check in and parents don't jump in and parents don't advocate because they're afraid or the kids are afraid that if they do, there'll be retaliation, which there usually is because bullying is then created. Um, Knowing your rights and doing it in a certain way can make, you know, a big difference. So I I told the parent of this particular child when we were going in on this, I had a a laundry list and I said, let me talk (laughs) and let me, let me take over a little bit. And I let, you know, I I had her start, but then I kind of took over. So because I wanted to make sure that they knew that someone in the room had a self-advocating piece that they knew what was really going on and put that person back in. It's the first time in the history of my 27 years of doing my practice and probably the first time in my life, including my own schooling, where I actually had an educator at the top apologize and step himself back before he actually got out of the gate about what happened wow! and I was floored so kudos to him for that hopefully he stays the course on that I did kudo him for that because I was floored um and he listened and he did all the right things and it was genuine so I just want to say that was a really good thing had it not been self-advocating of the parent and myself in the know of just the other pieces that she didn't know I think it would have gone very differently for the kid because the kid didn't get his due process and due process is um when a kid or anybody you get, you have the civil right to have your side heard, your side understood, and then not just be persecuted. You know, you're not guilty just because right. they think you are. Um, so, very important for self-advocating um, in multiple situations, whether it's a school system or an HOA, which that little HOA over there is getting tighter on the dethroned one. Um, well,
1: was that a discipline piece or a sped piece?
0: Um, by the way, sped <laughs> sped is a slang term for special education. Yes. Well um I know I'm just saying I was
1: married to a SPED educator. So. I know. So yeah. so
0: what was the question again?
1: Was it a disciplinary or was it a SPED It was a situation? it was
0: it was a discipline a disciplinary okay. situation that had gotten out of control that was inaccurate.
1: No I self advocacy I wanted to make the point that self advocacy advocacy in education with sped is incredibly important because schools are constantly trying to move kids off of sped because it's expensive for schools.
0: Right. So in this case, it wasn't about moving or changing the IEP or changing the 504 plan, which are the special ed plans for Mm -hmm. kids. This was more about bypassing the fact that the, the child involved did have those things and really didn't matter because the thing that happened wasn't the thing that really happened and they didn't investigate it. So from Friday to Monday, the, 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 higher education person in this position had walked themselves back and realized that they had overstepped their bounds and had not given due process. And he didn't call it that. But when I started talking and saying all the things that were legal about it and his face got bright red, then it made a lot of sense to him that he'd probably overstepped the line um, and that we were aware of that. Um, And he actually, we didn't have the kid come in until towards the end and he apologized to the child, which never happens. So I was,
1: but with educators, like life in general, 24. you're probably dealing with an accumulation of events. It's usually not about the kid.
0: Well, it's and, an accumulation of so, events. So and, yeah. and interesting enough, that's actually what he said. He said he wasn't using it as an excuse, but he wanted to us and, and the child to know that on Friday, when this had occurred, he'd had it. He'd had enough of these inv- events over that week yep. that unfortunately... The last one was not even the worst, but it was the the last one. He was the last one that he was willing to tolerate. And so unfortunately, the kid got targeted for it and he walked it back. So we're hoping, I'm hoping that through self-advocacy and now the child feels a little bit more able to self-advocate, I hope. Um, So we'll see. So, but it also helps when you have an outsider come in because the school systems, unfortunately, school systems stay, you know, they're very tight, tight-knit circle. And, and parents often don't come in and challenge because they're afraid, kind of like challenging your doctor. Do you think that's really right? Can I get a second opinion? And when you bring an outsider, the the interlopers that come in that are like me, like clinical psychologists and, and uh, lawyer advocates, their education advocates and all that stuff, all of a sudden when you have someone else come in, it usually promotes change, let's say. <laughs> Yeah. Because then there's an outside watch, an outside watcher, unfortunately. Yeah. So I think there's part of that. Well, it brings there. a little
1: weight to the conversation. Right. It's because not most just... school systems nowadays, let's face it, most school systems nowadays are the Wild West. I mean, it, yeah. educators are under fire.
0: Yes. And and I think that. um, Yeah, I, I don't want to go into yeah. it. Some of the details are, are to that point that happened and then it would identify and I don't want to identify. Yeah. But um, it, it was. The Wild West in that, in this case, the commentaries that were admitted that were actually made. Admittedly, I was floored by that one you admitted that you said it, but but then it's like, wow, you just I mean, talk about inflaming a situation. You're an adult and you inflame it. And do you hear what's going on next door? Yeah, (laughs) I'm hoping my listeners cannot hear that.
1: I don't know, I can't tell. I get that I got one open air too. So.
0: Okay. Well, they're now taking a saw and they're sawing something next door. I'm sorry to all my listeners, but I'm very distracted a little bit here yeah. by the fact that they're sawing.
1: <laughs> like I said, they've been good to me this week.
0: Oh my God. They're like sawing against the wall. Like yeah. okay. <laughs> I just can't. Anyway. So by the way, good morning to the people that are listening and already chiming in. So thank, and you Steve. Steve thank you. Steve. And, Steve and Joe. Yeah um okay
1: feel free to say hi everyone
0: yes everybody chime on in i know that everyone will ping me last week when we were having technical difficulties my phone was lighting up so
1: it's funny you bring up education because in malden and haverill it was a teacher strike
0: yes malden settled there is still a strike able still out
1: on strike and there was a thread in my you know my community and nothing gets people going like a teacher strike huh
0: Right. Oh, oh yes.
1: nothing gets people going like a teacher. Oh, day.
0: no, exactly. And, and while well, I was watching that. And it's morning. two
1: extreme positions, which are always wrong, <laughs> which is well, teachers are in they... poverty and then teachers are, you know, they deserve everything. You know, both sides of it, both extreme sides, like the rest of the country, by the way, both extreme sides are wrong.
0: Well, when anything's at the extremes yeah. or it's two or three, two or three standard deviations beyond the norm in the middle, yeah. we usually have. But there's problem. never any middle. Well, no, there's it's middle. Like, yeah. There's middle, but no, I mean it but, exists, but nobody but ever talks about it because yeah. it's not fun, because it's not salacious enough. See, now here goes my nose.
1: And the people in the so- people in social media, they're never the middle. They're never the eighty percent in the middle. They're the twenty percent on the outside. Usually, people who are commenting. If you feel strong enough to comment, you're probably one way or the other. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that not as many people are are commenting lately. Oh. we haven't revved up lately
1: we haven't revved anybody up
0: sometimes it's coming so
1: it's coming it's coming, it's coming. coming. okay good
0: <laughs> well you know it's coming yeah well what are we two weeks away from vote time it's coming
1: oh that oh,
0: yeah. We're, that oh. will rev people up like God knows what else will rev people up so anyway but I agree with you but but I uh, but when you're standard deviations from the center you know one standard deviation is one thing but when you start getting t- two and three, yeah. Like threes, like you're like, your, like, if we're talking politics, it's the QAnon, it's the, it's the way out there in the extreme world, you know, um, to that point. Um, and then we come up back to the center. And usually when people are commenting, it's on those outskirts. Yep. And so.
1: It's the eighty twenty 20 rule. That the 20%, 10% on each side extreme of the loudest and yep. us 80% in the middle are just kind of, wow. Sit there. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. There we go.
1: okay
0: i know i have so many things i'm just like i don't want to go there i don't want to go there because then it it takes away from the wellness part of the show
1: (laughs) the whole thing is to have your
0: best life and to have wellness we don't want to go there but if people have questions on how to not be thinking in these terms please ask um but anyway so the topic of the show today by Mm -hmm. the way is laziness oh isn't that fabulous yeah i'm so happy (laughs) So, well, laziness is really interesting to me because from a psychological perspective, I hear it a lot in my office. Parents call their kids lazy. People call each other and their relationships lazy. But there's okay. So first of all, there's no clinical diagnosis. There's no APA, American Psych Association, diagnosis for laziness. Um, And it's not really a psychological term. We Mm -hmm. don't use it like I never call anyone lazy. In my personal life, I might.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: When I'm really mad. Yep. You're just lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but laziness is a colloquial terminology, and now we're okay. Should we just stop the show? Because <laughs> no, now no. people are walking in. It's blinking on air, and I love this.
1: I just think they were checking on us to see if we were here.
0: Making sure we're not smoking. No. man <laughs>
1: They might want to quiet, they may quiet down now for a while.
0: They wanted, oh, they wanted us to quiet down? No,
1: they wanted to see if we were here and they needed to quiet it. Oh, well, down.
0: they should have thought of that 20 yeah. minutes ago. Um, so anyway, so laziness is, is, what I was saying, is not a clinical term in the field of psychology. And mm-hmm. although we have tried to define laziness many times because people love using that word because it's used in popular culture for so many things, you know, it's like apathy. When someone kind of doesn't care about something people are like they're so apathetic but then that eventually just turns into well this is because they're lazy yeah right so um there has been research done on this as of late because the pandemic actually jumped this up about people kind of getting into that lazy funk yeah and so it's kind um, of forced laziness it, it was sort of right yeah. it became and that's part of i'm going to get to like some of the reasons why this happens but but in definition of what we would say in psychology is that laziness is more about a failure to act or perform that's a conscious controllable thing that you're doing out of your own will um so your individual effort you're actually with action in your brain just deciding not to do it you lack effort because you purposefully people will hate that to hear that but you're purposefully making a choice to not do and so, uh, you know, and people are like, well, you know, I hear a lot of times like as a parent, some will say, but I'm not like that. Well, and we'll get to some of the reasons, yeah. not parents only, but it's, it's there's a couple of factors, but the concept of laziness doesn't show up frequently in psychology research because we don't call it laziness. When we have that in my office, for instance, I call it unmotivated, lack of motivation, because that's really what it comes down to. Um, and the phenomenon of being unmotivated links to really procrastination. And that's really the underpinning of what laziness is, is that you're, if you're a procrastinator, we all procrastinate, but it's, it's like, here's the rule, the, the, the 80, 20 rule, it's the out, the outliers, how, how far beyond the standard deviations are you going? You're going to end up becoming a procrastinator. Um, so both, so both words are used sort of to make the the, um, the distinction of like laziness, motivation, lack of, and so, but it really comes down to that whole thing. I'm looking at my notes cause I took some really good notes cause there's been some recent research on this. Um, and I wanted to make sure I gave people the right direction to go in, but procrastination and laziness are not quite interchangeable because procrastination is the, is when you voluntarily delay your intended act because you're expecting it, it's going to be a worse outcome. So you're like, "Ah," you know, like this and this goes to that whole thing about exercise, procrastination. Mm -hmm. People don't exercise because they procrastinate because they anticipate that the outcome is going to be painful, miserable, too hard. They're not going to. It's the instant gratification isn't going to come and so on and so forth. Right. So why, why, why bother? So in my office, I often will call it the Eeyore syndrome, Winnie the Pooh. Right. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before, like. Why bother going to the gym when you just have to come back, right? So Eeyore is the procrastinator. He will procrastinate. Now, if no one knows who Eeyore is, he's the donkey in Winnie the Pooh. And he often has got that kind of apathy, lack of motivation. Some would call it laziness. But really, he's the quintessential procrastinator of he overthinks the outcome of it being painful, bad, averse, not in his favor, and therefore it's demotivating to him and so people people would call people lazy versus it's really you're procrastinating because you're not motivated because that thing isn't going to give you enough payoff in your head right now so you get behind but we all do that and we have our little things that we do it on you know yeah
1: that's That's, me especially with the gym
0: and and thank god i have guilt and and that's and that happens (laughs) to a lot of people it's like you know how you have and it's you know talk about kids in schools You know, the Sunday night at nine o'clock, all of a sudden you find out I have a huge project due tomorrow. You're like, oh my god, (laughs) right? Because they procrastinate because they didn't want to miss out on the stuff that was really fun. Yep. So they did all the fun stuff, and then you know the uh, the aversiveness of avoiding what was coming, and now they're behind and or not going to do it, or need a note from mom and dad, which is never a good thing to just write a note because you're what you're doing is reinforcing that they didn't do it yeah. and that they can get away with not doing it or right. letting your kids skip school which i see some of that is like well yeah. you know or the kid will say i don't feel good i'm sick because they don't want to go in and do the test that they have or something they're right. procrastinating what's coming because they're willfully with voluntary um will going into it saying i'm not going to do it and that is you know something that people do but the problem is, is if it becomes a really bigger pattern then it then it really weighs heavily on people. Um, So if a person never wanted or intended to do something, they may be labeled lazy by a parent or a boss, but um, they wouldn't actually meet like my definition of what procrastination is. Right. So that's not really what it is um, because we all delay things. And, um, and procrastination is a unique form of self-defeating, self-defeating self-talk, self-defeating action and has no inherent upside to it, Mm -hmm. but people do it because they think that they can somehow get something good out of it if they delay it, because eventually they'll have to do it and somehow it will work out, you know? Um, Oh, uh, did you see Steve's comment? I just looked at it. Okay. Did we fix that?
1: He fixed it. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um so so this was interesting on a re- in recent research um 20% and i think it's actually wrong i think it's more but 20% of adults and fully half of all college students report that they struggle with procrastination i think that's oh, i that's, think that's low i think the 20% number is low i think people aren't reporting cuz oh, they don't want to be absolutely talking about themselves as, as procrastinators it's
1: closer to 100% <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if it's 100 percent, but it's definitely yeah. not 20 percent. So um, but I think it's because the research on this is so new. Yeah. Um, and I think that because I would imagine and I haven't seen the actual studies yet, but I've just read about them. So
1: someone can look me in the eye and say they've never procrastinated. Or they don't face procrast- procrastination on a I, daily basis.
0: Well, I don't know. if. Well, I wouldn't say that it's I wouldn't say that people procrastinate on a daily basis. I don't think that's accurate.
1: Now face the thought of it. In other words, they may they may deal with it, but and they may not procrastinate in the end. Like I said, I procrastinate a lot when it comes to the gym, but thank God I have guilt. That usually balances it off and I end up going. But it's it's That's not true. like I haven't had the thought of I don't want to go to the gym today. And, well, but I, no, I, I can't live with not going to the gym today. But
0: I go. think that because you act on you don't act on the procrastination attitude and yeah. the self-defeating thought process then you would not be considered someone who's actually procrastinating. Just having the thought is not the voluntary action yeah. of choice of then deciding not to do something or to do something else. Okay. I adore you, but now they're vacuuming. I you know. You know that, right? I know. I you can hear them I vacuuming. I can hear that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I would just die. This is like And the they most came entertaining in and checked. Day. Yeah, they came in
1: and checked and they said, oh, "It's okay, I can still vacuum."
0: <laughs> I'm just Okay. I'm just, so I'm very distracted because they're vacuuming.
1: Next week on the show, we'll just bang <laughs> on the walls a little bit. You <laughs> show. they're all
0: soundproofed. Not really.
1: <laughs> not really.
0: <laughs> okay. So anyway, getting back to the non-vacuuming portion of my show. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So So procrastination doesn't make you lazy, but I have a client, for instance, well, actually he's not a client anymore because this is what happened. I had a client and his procrastination and his unmotivated level was so intense Hmm. um, that he ended up, we, we thought it was best that instead of him going to college and going to get a job and having all these things that he was not, motivated to do and all these other things, we collectively, family and myself as his treater, we ended up having him go to a um, very good program that was not, not inpatient or anything. It was a it was a sort of like a farm to table place where you, you work on the farm and you live there and yep. you kind of get more motivation because you're doing something that maybe you like more because most of the time people will go towards the things that they like. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's what, you know, the opposite of procrastination. You're not intending to avoid something that's averse, you know, you're going towards something right. that you like. So in that, in that extreme, that person went, was there for roughly 18 months, did the right. And not a lot changed in the actual underlying temperament of the procrastination and the lack of motivation. Hmm. Um, and they aren't—they weren't necessarily what I would consider a therapeutic place in impureness, in but they—they they definitely activated around like the laziness factor. Um, but still, the payoff for this person still wasn't as much. A motivator, as it still kept the person in the same kind of spot. I hmm. think there was some improvement, but you would expect way more for someone at that level, right. that age, and whatever. And now the person's in a different spot. Now that's something in my eye. Now the person has moved to a different spot and not to home, and is is has been placed in a job, which is going to be a struggle for him, I think. And I think that the level of um, voluntary choice of not doing something um, has been so reinforced over time. And I'm going to talk about what reinforces and how it gets there, but it's been so reinforced over time because there's familial factors that have similar people in the family that do the same thing and the habit has been formed. And now the habit has been replayed. And therefore now it's just part of who that person is. Um, so I, I don't see a high level of what I would, what I would consider personal success in life in terms of how he's living his best life. I don't think he's going to live his best life in the terms that I would term it in terms of doing a treatment plan. But I would say that he probably, because of the apathy and the procrastination level of, of what it is in his brain chemically, he would say he's living a good life. Yeah. Cause he's not having to work technically, but he is, but he kind of can come and go to the place where he's at. He can do his things. He's got people that really support him financially and yeah. other, like, so there's not a lot of reason to have to do for themselves. Right. So and his that
1: priorities are being met.
0: Right. So, and so, and that doesn't help the situation. Um, so, and then when people say, so, and so oftentimes people will say, well, he's lazy, you know, that's very subjective, you know, like, That's why I was saying like my my thought of where he could be and should be and want him to be versus where he is. You know, it's like it's a subjective thing. If he's happy and he's got a wellness factor in his in his rating that he says he's at a 10. Well, then that's subjectively his. But, you know, yeah, it's it's clear on the outsider looking in that something's not moving. Right. Um, So so people do ask me and particularly these parents and, and then other people that I have, you know, like either spouses, I have a couple right now that the wife feels that the husband's incredibly lazy um, uh, for a variety of reasons. And so people say, what causes laziness? How do you get it motivated? So it's important to point out that pretty much it's just procrastination. People go away from anything that is going to cause them to have to work at something, to have to put more effort in that they don't want to in that moment. It might not be as appealing. It might not be as fun. Um, but all things that people do essentially are coping strategies. So whether you wanna call it laziness or procrastination or unmotivated self, it, it's a coping mechanism for something in that moment. And so you, it's gonna be individual to that person of like what's going on. But um, so it's it's often, if you go to school settings, people say you're procrastinating, so you have time management issues, but it's really not time management issues in psychology. We would say it's an emotion management issue, we're managing our emotions by procrastinating, right? So it's really not a time management thing. And I try to get that through to all of my clients who tend to be procrastinators is that this isn't a time management thing because people get in this is common, they'll get the scheduler out and they'll make the they'll, and then they still won't do it. Right. And then they'll come back to me and say, Why? Why why am I not doing it? I had an appointment to myself and I had because it's not about the actual event. It's about you're trying to emotionally manage pain, stress, not liking the issue. It's or the,
1: prioritizing it's, all those things over whatever it is, the task at hand.
0: Right. That cause you some kind of
1: mm-hmm.
0: not good feeling. Right. Or it makes you uncomfortable. Or it's, or it's taking time from you from other things you'd like to be doing. So, you know, I'd rather go apple picking. So like, so this weekend, I'd rather go apple picking than finish my taxes. <laughs> I will throw myself out there. Yeah. I did finish them, but.
1: That seems fair. Okay.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I, I took my extension. Okay. It was due on Monday. Yeah. But on Saturday morning, I really wanted to go apple picking. And I had a couple things to do on Saturday morning, a couple calls, et cetera. And I sat there and I knew exactly like what I'm talking about today, which is sort of why this popped into my head. I'm like, Oh, but I really want to go. It's a beautiful day here. And we had had all that rain last week. I'm like, I really want to go out and, yeah. and do my thing. And I was like, but I really have to. So, but I didn't go until I was right to the point where I could submit, but I didn't want to submit yet. Cause I had to go through them one more time. Right. So instead of, just giving into the uh, screw it, I'm going apple so you picking. So
1: sort of did the job. I did it all, I all the, way up to the submit button. Yeah.
0: And then I went apple picking, and then yeah. I came back and I reviewed it and I submitted it. But it's exactly that whole process went through my head of like, well, I want to go apple picking instead of doing my taxes. But what I thought was, it was Saturday and I had till Monday, and I had that thought of, i wait like oh why would i do that to myself yeah so i'm practicing what i preach but i had to go through the process in my head of like if you wait you're going to ruin all of your sunday and then half of your monday and then you're going to be stressed at 11:59 which on occasion i have been known to file at 11:59 on the night of taxes due. I admit it. And that's who I am sometimes. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's an awful thing to have to do. I don't want to look at it. I hate looking at it. I hate going through the whole thing. And yes, I do my own taxes. And that's a whole different story. Yeah. I know. Right. You so buddy do it. You what?
1: You should have a buddy do it. He does mine. Oh, Jeff. Yeah.
0: Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh God. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, that wasn't the point of the story right. The point of the story was that its it was, I had something really fun I wanted to do and something that I enjoy and something that, if, to get John to say, yes, let's do that. It was, it's even more yeah. exciting. Um, and he actually said, let's do it this year because we didn't do it last year. Um, and But then I was like, oh, I have to do that other thing. And that's the point is that it's not laziness. It's the, I was emotionally managing what I really wanted there. It's a coping strategy to figure out, not time management, like I had enough time to do it. I could have yep. done it Saturday, Sunday, but if I emotionally managed myself correctly, then I got the thing done so it wouldn't be an emotional heavy burden. And that's what procrastination does. It puts that emotional heavy burden on your back Yeah. that it just keeps lingering and lingering and lingering. So one of my techniques for people, like for kids, right? if there's kids listening, which I know there are, because they're supposed to be listening at school, but they're listening to this. Because <laughs> I know that. Yep. Um, on Friday, I know there's football games and all the other stuff. But on Friday, people usually, if you don't have sports, whatever, you get home like two thirty, three o'clock. If you've got homework and you know you've got something due on Monday and Tuesday of the next week, and it you you, tip, you typically have to have it in, do it Friday. Yep. Do it Friday so that you have all of Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And if it's a project that's due and you have like a little time, do a little bit on Friday, do a little bit on Saturday morning. God forbid you'd wake up before noon as a teenager. And then Sunday, the same thing, so that you have time, so that you're emotionally managing it. So you don't feel like, because a lot of times what I'll hear, and I'm sure you know this too, I'll hear people say, but then I don't get to do that other thing. And I'd rather do the other thing. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't mean anyone's lazy. It means that you're, you're emotionally trying to get like the. Best bang for your buck by being having fun and doing something enjoyable. And so everybody does that. Everybody, but the problem is, is when you don't do the thing that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. It's the have to versus want to versus need to, right? You need to do the schoolwork. You have to do the schoolwork whether you want to or not is where we have the divide. I have to do the taxes. I need to do the taxes. I don't want to do the taxes because I want to go apple picking. You know, same thing with the gym. You know, I I need to go to the gym. I have to go to the gym. It makes me healthy. Do I want to all the time? No, I'd much rather go home and sit. Yeah. But what does that do? That makes you feel guilty because yep. you're not doing for you. And it's, and then when you get there, see, I think the gym is fun.
1: So my emotional management is deciding where I'm going to be more peaceful, living with going to the gym and the pain or not going to the gym and the guilt. Right. And I usually choose the gym.
0: Right. Well, because the thought of, of not completing the task mm-hmm. brings up anxiety. Right. And that's your guilt. So mm-hmm. and then when a person can get rid of the negative emotions by putting off the task, by either doing it, or running away from it. It sort of does the same thing, but it's much better to just do the task because then the anxiety comes all the way down versus just putting it aside and holding it at bay. And that's
1: my kids and my current housemate laugh at me because I do the dishes while I'm cooking.
0: I I do too.
1: Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing that for? And he goes, because the food tastes better when the work's done
0: we talked about that all the time because then you then you're not having to afterwards go
1: i don't want to look at that sink afterwards do that right exactly
0: well and that's what you know like when you procrastinate like doing the dishes right it's it's logical in your mind as a coping strategy like probably to them it's logical for them to deal with the fact that well i don't have to deal with the unpleasantness of doing it now i'll do it later but then afterwards you look at it and go why would i do that yeah that's why thanksgiving and when i give my tips on thanksgiving it's always pre-prep right? Like pre-prep. And I say that on purpose, not just prep, it's pre-prep yeah. so that when you're actually doing the dinner, it's not cooking, cleaning, cooking, cleaning, cooking, cleaning, because you're exhausted. It's pre-prep it few, a few days before. So all it is, is popping it in the oven, essentially, maybe a few minor things so that you're not doing all this other stuff that at the end is going to bring up an unpleasant feeling and demotivate you, yep. which will make you want to sit down after you've eaten. And then it will look like you're being lazy, right? But, Mm-hmm. I have a, a listener that always tells the story about like Uncle Bob sitting back in the chair and unbuttoning his pants and being like, I'm done, yep. you know, and and um that's not lazy. That's just, well, now I can't deal with, now I'm in a food coma, but also I'm, I'm feeling the unpleasantness of having to do anything else because this is too much. So it's so much easier to just kind of go with it as you go, right? Yep. Yep. You're just yapping me.
1: You look like you were moving on to another point. Oh, no, I didn't I want look, to get in your way.
0: No, no. Um, so, well, I, I can move on. So, so I was going to say. So yeah, it, you,
1: your glasses were going on, which well, means but, you were looking at another point.
0: Well, I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> I'm looking at my neck. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing that.
1: I'm reading okay. the room.
0: <laughs> you're so good at that. Um, okay, so the next piece that we look at is age. Okay, so age and brain development also plays a role in this. And people don't often look at that. They just look at the the overall thing. And the brain's prefrontal cortex, which is, if you're watching, it's that part of your brain that's right in front of your face, literally, mm-hmm. right? So that that prefrontal cortex helps you do planning, decision-making, concentration, executive functioning, and all those things. It's not fully mature until people are in their 20s. You know, we think around 22, 23 now. It used to be like 21, but it's, you know. So- but
1: it's worse than that, isn't it? Because there's a pruning period in the teens where you yes. actually go backwards a little bit.
0: Um, well, yeah, it's cut kind of, well, I call it like a plateau. Mm-hmm. It's like a plateau where kids are shifting of whether or not they're kind of catching up or going backwards, just dependent on like some of their emotional yeah. abilities. Um, and the brain region in the, to that point, right? The brain region helps control emotional impulses. Now in teenager dim, <laughs> yeah. there's hormones running and that goes to the prefrontal cortex and makes your executive functioning impulse control center sort of right off, off the rail sometimes. And so the, that region of the brain um, requires a, a long-term outlook that typically teenagers don't have that long-term outlook Mm -hmm. In in adulthood. It's, much more developed so you're less likely to be a procrastinator but one of the struggles that teenagers have is that they're procrastinators and why it's not because of them all all by themselves it's usually more because the developmental developmental part of the neurological part of the brain and that prefrontal cortex is now being overridden with hormones and you know from the adrenal gland right yep. the pituitary gland the thyroid and so on and so forth and it's overproducing a ton of chemicals and then you know god the whole thing would be in the in the frontal cortex would be like let's have fun let's have fun who wants to do schoolwork? who wants to do anything that requires effort but by the time the brain develops if if you don't develop and mature and have guiding in that age development through that and you don't have good like educators around you or, Mm or and not good as in like healthy Healthy educators, healthy support yep. people—all those things. Your development in your 20s and 30s isn't going to get a lot better, which is what I'm seeing in that kid that has gotten stuck in yep. pretty much being apathetic and unmotivated, and a procrastinator, and stuck because it's a coping strategy. That's what he uses to do it.
1: So, by all means, is the perfect time to c- pick your career path.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and it's interesting because developmentally, yeah. from if we Eric Erickson is a famous theorist on child development, social social. Um, uh, psychosocial development, and so his his period of time for that of separation, individuation, and and really knowing who you are, like role role, you know who your role is, is between thirteen and eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> so I always giggle to myself yeah. when you I know the other pieces of all the other different theories that come in play. You're like, oh yeah, that's a great time yeah. to decide I'm gonna be an astronaut or I'm gonna be you know whatever yeah. because oh uh, yeah, I'm like you know I I can't tell you how many times I tell. 17 and 18 year olds like then they say I don't know what I want to do in my life I'm like you're not supposed to know right it's okay and they're like but my friend so and so is already going to be a doctor and I'm not a good example because I I knew what I was going to do when I was 11 yeah. and I have a whole story about that but I knew but that's rare there are kids like that yeah right there's weirdos like me <laughs> I'm not saying anybody's yeah. weirdo, but there's, I'm the anomaly on the board. There's lots of anomalies on the board like that, but most kids don't know. And that's why I say that's what college is for. The first two years they give you to go in. If you're going to a four-year college, they give you to do all your general eds, get all those under your belt, see what you really like, explore like adulting and life. Yep. And then they make you get declare. some outside
1: input, get, right. get some different, you know, stimulus
0: right and so you know and unfortunately when it comes to that a lot of decisions are made that well my mom my mom or my dad was an accountant my mom or dad's an engineer my mom or dad was yeah. and they follow in the path that they think that they're supposed to or they've been told that this would be good for you or the school gives you the vocational test and says you should never go into that you're better at this i don't no. i'm not a big i don't ascribe to those things because i think that sort of pigeonholes kids and Plus, when adults take, into things that yeah. they really, how would you know? You haven't had the experience. You're yet. taking
1: that test at a time when you don't know who you're going to be. You don't right. know who you're going to be, let alone what you should be.
0: Right. Well, it's kind of yeah. like, and I'm going to outer. I had somebody in my life the other day that may or may not have turned 18. We wanted to go somewhere for dinner and she was like, I don't like it there. Has she ever been there? Nope. Yeah. What's your basis for that? None. We shouldn't like there though. Yeah. You know, like, yep to the point yeah <laughs> like we just don't want to yeah, go no. there i'm like but i like it there
1: <laughs> but how many times you and i were at the point where how many times in your life have you been put into some place that you wouldn't have chosen and it's like oh this is great or something yes. whether it be an activity or food oh, yeah. or whatever yeah it's like i always hated this i thought but i don't i love it right yeah exactly yeah I don't,
0: I, well see i'm a i'm a risk taker so i tend to yeah. not i tend not to say no to things I say no to some things that I know that I, it's not that I don't think I'd like them. It's just, I don't want to my, put myself in a place where I think I'm going to die. And there's things that people ask me to do sometimes like, well, why don't I don't go do that. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, and then I have one person always says, but you drive a car. I'm like, that's different. <laughs> that's a totally different thing. Okay. Right? I'm in control. <laughs> I, I mean, right. Exactly. And when I'm, when I'm free falling out of sky, so Steve, who's listening, you yep. will be very hard pressed to get me to sky death. I'll do everything else in the human baton, but I want to jump out of a plane <laughs> because I don't want to die. And the chances of me dying are almost nothing. And my husband tells me this and every Navy SEAL and all the Marines I know and everybody that I know that has jumped says, Kim, you're going to be fine. But in my head, yeah. no. Yeah. So I'm a no on that one. And I don't need to try it to know that I'm too afraid to do it it's not a good thing watch next year i'll be like i don't
1: (laughs) Well it's risk reward i I don't see a reward i don't feel like i'm gonna hit the ground and go that was fun
0: yeah i'm pretty much yeah i'm gonna have to
1: change my pants and then
0: (laughs) exactly i mean the the closest thing i've gotten to doing something like that was if you've ever been out to vegas have you been out oh
1: tether the the, uh,
0: stupid thing on the top of that hotel that's that needle that flings you out and you're out suspended in the i will never ever do that no, again i don't i was young and i was young Yep. in my 20s and i'll never do that again yep. ever <laughs> that was scary and i right now thinking about it, it makes my eye twitch
1: so how do we assist teenagers in avoiding some of these pitfalls i mean modeling is obviously always an answer
0: so so the so the good good segue the the habit behavioral factor so right so the habitualness of the problem um is breaking the habit. One of the biggest problems for this issue is that there's role models in front of that person that are doing the same thing. Yeah. And that is that is we know in the research that the environment and the social environment and the um energy and the willpower that is modeled towards doing nothing or minimal versus something and max is really the big big factor that mm-hmm. plays into it. If you live in a house where um, you, the personalities and the distractors are and the and the willpower um, and the motivation around you is lackluster and mediocre. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have this problem and yep. it's going to come in multiples. Um, and And one of the biggest distractors in the research that I was talking about, one of the biggest distractors that makes people do emotional t- emotional management through procrastination is now social media. Yeah. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and I could go on and on. There's like a million others that are coming up all over the place that people watch and, and listen to and stuff. And 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 the amount of procrastination time that goes into that, that's one of the biggest research factors next to family habitual modeling patterns That that just... You know, model like, well, if it was good enough for me and it's okay to do these, it's okay to do that. It doesn't really matter, you know, and, and, you know, and it goes back to the whole eating thing. I'm a big, I'm a big um, proponent of having parents change their modeling behavior around food products and exercise because that's, you're rewarding your children with food, which many parents do. And when you reward your kids with food, it teaches them to self-soothe, which is a procrastination technique in life. Mm -hmm. You're teaching them that instead of looking at and dealing with what's in front of them, the hard thing, the sad thing, the the grief or the anger or whatever it is, we're just going to eat. Right. And we're not going to make good food choices. We're going to eat french fries and we're going to eat pizza and we're going to eat macaroni and cheese and we're going to eat fried food. And that's in many families. That, and that we've happens.
1: been talking teenagers a lot, but again, you don't deal with 13 to 18 year old problems at 13 to 18. No. This starts almost at the beginning.
0: Right. Right. By the time you're 17 or 18 years old, yeah. it's sort of like your lost cause at that point. You're hardwired. If you don't, yeah. if you're hardwired that way. If you don't have the self-awareness and the, the want to have the coping strategy to emotionally manage better, which is, you know, usually people when they end up in my office are looking to get better right? So they're, so they're trying to do something different. Um, So it's bad for your health to be, and I use it in quotes, lazy, Mm -hmm. it's bad for your health to be a a really big procrastinator. It's because you make poor choices. The research now shows, it doesn't have a ton of research on, you know, does it give you a heart attack? Does it give you, but it does show that the, the choices that you make on a daily basis that lead to procrastination, which lead you away from healthier choices the next time and the next time and the next time accumulate and then lead to things like diabetes, heart disease, potentially Alzheimer's down the line. Through
1: um, stress. I mean, it just well, because creates, it creates
0: It creates tremendous stress yeah. and then you're either a stress eater or you sit a long time because you'll, you'll game, you'll use your phone to distract because the distractors are, are big in the, in the procrastination thing. Cause they make you happy. Because think about um, coming out of
1: that house where the modeling was bad. Then you go into your roommate situation right. when, when you're in college or right. out or, of college and, right. you know, you're getting into other relationships right. with other values, constant right. area and of it, stress. Well, it
0: comes up against, it comes up against other people's values who don't have that same te- And then people get frustrated. I lived with someone growing, going to college and after college, and then we went into houses together. And it was, let's just say there were five of us in the house and there was one person in the house that we all definitely had a different value from that. Mm -hmm. I, I had Mount Vesuvius in my house of talking about cigarette smoking. She would pile like, I, I swear at one point, she had a two foot high mountain of cigarettes that would that she just never took care of and it would make us all crazy wow yeah and we'd be we would wait to see how long it would be before it's a like whole different it. level
1: right there yeah and
0: that, yeah so but that's because her value system growing up around cleaning and doing her modeling was like it didn't even exist if she was blind to it just like when she would cook blind to dishes <laughs> blind to the bathroom see the bathroom.
1: but but that's another teenage yeah. challenger parenting right. challenge to understand to so 22 the, at that time well, but, but to get the child to understand that there's a world outside of themselves most people are driven by their own needs and right. desires right and you see that with teenagers it's, it's pretty pro- prominent in teenagers more often than not yes but you get to try to teach people that there's responsibilities outside of yourself you're part of a community here right whatever that community it is. is right
0: yeah right well yeah and that's like family but if you're teaching that in the family and then you go into those situations you don't have that skill it's going to be yeah All right. So because I want to make sure I give people tips on how to be less lazy. (laughs) Right. Um, So first, do less, not more. Now, that doesn't mean do less and do nothing. It means um, your goals shouldn't be to fit more in. It should be realistic goals. So things that instead of, you know, um, you know, cut your to do list in half and prioritize what's the most important thing to you so that you actually could get it done so you feel accomplished. And that will reinforce that, okay, I did that and it's okay. So that you're not, you know, 10 things on a list when reality is that today you can only really get three things done. So, what are you going to do? You're going to pick the three things that are really easy. And then those seven things that are still left are the ones that keep getting pushed off throughout the week, right? Um, Get really specific because procrastination um, is often fueled by. sort of vague intentions, right? So for example, you tell yourself you need to fix up your place or start a new exercise program, but you're kind of hazy on the details of how to do that. So you have to include on your plan what you're going to do to do that really specific things. Um, So you tell yourself, I'll do it this weekend, but you have no motivation by the time you come to the weekend. It should be today. So people will often say to me in my office, well, I'll start on Friday and it's Wednesday. I'm like, why are we not starting today? Mm -hmm. Well, because I'm not ready. It's it's always something. So you have to be really specific. You have to say, I'm going to start. This is how many times I'm going to do it. So when I make a plan with a client, we are very specific and it's very reachable and tangible. So sometimes people will say, I'm going to work out five times this week. I'm like, you're going to do once. And they look at me like, well, what do you mean? I'm like once. Yep. And then they'll come back and they're like, well, you told me once, but I did it three times. Right. Right. Because now we're not overwhelming and now we're not going to procrastinate because we, you know, did that.
1: Often just getting over that threshold is right. important. Like we do. I'm going to go into the gym for five minutes and
0: exactly. you end and up doing your full workout. There for an hour. Yeah. Right. Making it fun is important. Mm-hmm. The more fun something is, the more likely you're going to do it. Right. Um, so the trick to that is. Repetition, repetition, repetition of something fun, making sure that something is fun. We're more more likely to repeat an action of something if it has something um, enjoyable to it. So if we compare it with something, not compare, but if we pair it with something that makes it feel enjoyable or like I did my thing this weekend and I did the other thing and it's still and then the day didn't feel yucky to me because I wasn't miserable. Um, so you can back. reward yourself. Yeah. And so and it was a good reward. It was not a a bad habit reward. It was something that was really enjoyable. Um, Going back to the kind of that exercise example. So if you're lazy or unmotivated about exercise, you know, this is one of my favorite things to do for people is find a really great podcast, including mine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or something that is motivating or something that, you know, the like crime fighting, whatever your thing is, because when you put something like that on, you're using the distractor that actually creates procrastination to actually motivate and inspire you. Yep. So, you know, find something that you're going to exercise too as, Oh, that's my favorite podcast for exercising because it gives me, you know, maybe it's a story that you're listening to. Maybe it's a, you know, Joe Rogan, I don't know, whoever, yep. right. Um, practice single, tasking and taking tech free breaks. So one task a day that's completed and take 30, 40, 50, uh, an hour, whatever breaks from anything social media, try to and build that up and accumulate that because that is creating you from not getting that single task mm-hmm. done. So create one task instead of 10, and really go after that um, to get anything done. And then um, always be more mindful having good self-awareness and it's not judgmental of yourself. Like you, you know, if you don't go to the gym, you don't beat yourself up over it because when you don't, if, if you don't go to the gym and you beat yourself up, then you're less likely to still go to the gym the next day. But if you say I made an active choice not to go yeah. to the gym today, so tomorrow I will, and I will not procrastinate this. I will just do it, you know, so that you're not giving yourself that kind of feedback. So it's being aware, just mm-hmm. being aware of what you're doing to yourself. And and then that last piece sort of ties into go easy On yourself because usually, if you're in a pattern of you know um, significant procrastination, uh, typically um, people who I'm not a big fan of the word forgiveness. But if you're not forgiving of yourself, not compassionate to yourself, that you know, I waited to the last minute to do the project. I waited to the last minute to you know file my taxes. (laughs) Thank you. I did too,
1: so don't feel bad.
0: But I didn't feel bad about it because yeah. I got them in, so I was fine. I actually felt really good about it this year because I was two days early and usually I'm right on the on the line. But you know, being so I'm yeah. very good to myself about it because like, oh I did it. And I actually got inspired to actually start next year or this year's. <laughs> I actually organized my whole box. I have a box oh. of receipts that's <laughs> And, and then I have a computer file full of those too. Yep. Um, but I actually got motivated enough to do that. So, so I was good to myself and did those things. So those six things that I just gave you as tips will help alleviate some of that procrastination stuff. Um, but you have to really, I always go back to it's awareness. You have to really know where you're at in this and that it's not just the, well, this is how I am. If you're doing this is how I am and this is how I was raised and this is what my mom does and this is what my dad does and it you know and you you're going to have bigger unwell issues because you're going to have the the sense that life life has you and you don't have life by the right you know that kind of That kind of problematic area.
1: It's another area to apply your three R's, isn't it? Yes. For whatever it is you're procrastinating about, whatever it is Is you've built it up to as the cost. Realistic, reasonable,
0: and and rational. Right. Because
1: oftentimes you're just overwhelmed by the thing you're procrastinating about.
0: Right. Because it's emotional management, Mm -hmm. not time management. Right. So remembering that is procrastination, laziness, whatever you want to call it, is you're trying to emotionally manage and it's easier to emotionally manage if you're not time managing. Anyway, on that note, go out and do stuff today. Don't procrastinate. Don't Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. All right, you guys have a great week and I will see you next week.